This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Understanding who you are and where you are psychologically in different phases of life, different transitions in life particularly when you start thinking about retirement, are so important to our outlook and our retirement happiness. Nancy Sloshberg, a professor of psychology for decades, writer, you may even remember her from Retire Smart, Retire Happy on PBS, helps us understand the power of six different psychological archetypes that help us with transition really in anything, as these different paths give us all more hope and promise about the future. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Schlossberg, and I think, where are you coming in live from? I now live in Sarasota, Florida, but my psychological home is Washington, D.C. That's where I had my major career, and that's where I raised my children. And I always thought I'd end up back in Washington, but I got so involved in community things here that I never went back. I mean, I, for many years, I went back and forth, but uh, uh, so it's Washington. Washington I, is your, I love that, your psychological home. I ask, that's why I ask people, it's not where are you from, but psychologically, where are your roots? And <laughs> I my, love that. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard of it that way, but I, you're so right. It's like, where am I really from? I mean, I've been in Atlanta for almost 25 years and I still don't say I'm from Atlanta. I still say I'm from kind of the Lancaster PA, you know, Amish country in Southeastern PA. So that's. Oh, you know, well, I was born in Pittsburgh. So we're, we're kind of from, we're from the same state on different sides, different bookends. Yeah. But when people say, where are you from? I don't say Pittsburgh although I grew up there and have a great deal of affection for Pittsburgh. But I say Sarasota, Washington, or Washington, Sarasota. Well, uh, you know, I've seen you so many different times on, I, gosh, it's been so many different shows and so many different um, publications. And I know your PBS special, which the, the title of that, I think I've even considered that as a title, which is Retire Smart, Retire Happy. I love that. And, I, and, and you being a psychologist and you're a professor of psychology, did you counsel people for a lot of years and then teach or what, what has been the body of your, it's, so you're 92 years old. You are going, going, going. You're going strong at 92. How, what is, strong what without a going? I'm still thinking about it, but I've never had a facelift. So I, I am what you see. All right. She looks so amazing. If you're just listening to this, Nancy, you would never think she's 92, but she looks amazing. Yeah, you look amazing. Well, thank you. But it's all how you feel. Anyhow, you've seen me in a, in a lot of things and titles. Well, titles are interesting because often the publisher controls it to some degree. Uh, if they don't like your title, but they came up, the American Psychological Association, uh, came up with the title, Retire Smart, Retire Happy. And it just works. It's uh, actually a better title than the follow-up book, Revitalizing Retirement. But Revitalizing Retirement is a much fuller book than Retire Smart, Retire Happy. But anyway, that's... Well, but I go back to your career in different parts of life. And oh, yeah. yeah, about teaching psychology versus were you an actual psychologist sitting in a room on a couch? No, I'm not a couch person. I, when I was at both Howard University 
where I was the assistant director of the counseling service right after I got my degree, I realized something. Somebody would come in with a problem. And I think, you know, I can spend a lot of time with this kid, but there are hundreds of kids out there with the same problem who are never going to come to the counseling center. How can we design programs that reach the masses? Mm. So I have always been a program developer. I, I mean, I, if people would call me when I was, my major career was at the University of Maryland, where I was a professor of counseling psychology. People would call me. They want to see me. I said, I really don't do counseling. I'll refer you to somebody. No, will you see me? And I would say, yes, if I can tape it and use it in my teaching, I mm. will. Mm. I was never interested in one-to-one counseling. I mean, I, would, I think it's important, but I wanted to reach people that never would walk into a counselor's office. So my, I'm much more of an educator, program developer, rather than a therapist. So again, this is your background. You were a professor for 26 years at University of Maryland, and you believe in trying to get this message out to many people. And I know that you've written a lot about the transition of going from working to not working or going into retirement. And that's really what I want to talk about today, because the psychological transition from one phase of life to another, it's going to typically it's going to have some financial impact. For, for many of our folks that are listening, uh, it's about either going from full-time work to kind of maybe working less or not working at all. And that is, it really is a hard transition for a lot of people. And that's what I wanted to make, that's what I wanted to get talked with you about is that, first of all, why is it such a difficult transition, first of all? Well, first, let, let me back up. Many years ago, I wrote a book called Overwhelmed coping with life's ups and downs. And that book was written for, in quote, the ordinary person, not an academic. My text, I have a textbook, it's a new edition coming out. But what I care about are the books, the, the paperback books for $20 that people can buy. So I wrote this, this book to explain that it doesn't matter whether you're talking about retirement, graduating from college, uh, never getting to college, um, having a miscarriage, getting married, whatever it is, there are certain factors in any transition. And that's what I try to teach all the time, how to understand your transition, whether it is retirement, or whether it is a new venture, whatever it is, how do you understand it and how do you deal with it? And even if it is a transition you really want, you just bought a new house, you're so excited, you're, 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 you're thrilled, but you feel a little let down. Why is it that happy transitions sometimes are complex, are not as happy as they seem? So my goal in the last, I'd say, 30 years has really been to unpack transitions so that you can take hold of it, understand it, and move on. So I'm not, I wouldn't say, it's true, I've written two books on retirement, and I've done a PBS pledge special on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was fun. That was that was really exciting. Yeah, you were a home run. You were a star on that, by the way. You're amazing. And that's yeah. how I, that's one of the reasons I was like, get her on the camera. Yeah, I, I love that show. That was such fun. But it's not that I'm an expert on retirement. You're more of an expert on retirement than I Thank am. Thank you. But I'm an expert on transitions. Yeah. Okay. So transitions almost. Sounds like that could be a name of one of your books, but it's not the best title. Back to titles, right? <laughs> right. And <so>. transitions. <laughs> but okay, so let's let's go into that then. Let's and I'm it's fun. I am so I'm so excited to hear what you're gonna say here because I wanna know. I feel like we could just all all be better at it. I mean, and I think about 
But as soon as you're listening to this, you're thinking, oh, well, I'm go- what transitions are you as a listener, as you're listening to this, going through right now? Are you, and it could be as simple as what um, Nancy just said. It could be a move, in a, just a move from one house to another, move from one town to another, one job to another, one phase of life to another. Maybe it's a, a child moving from one big phase to another, a marriage, a divorce, a divorce, health. Literally, we're going through transitions that are pretty significant all, all the time. Now, I'm, I'm typically dealing on the one of the big, big, heavy ones, which is work, no work, or fully employed, maybe partially employed, then fully retired. But let's just go back to the, the starting block here, which is transitions in general. And before we even get to your, your different versions or six types of different retirees, adventurer, the continuer, the, the glider, the spectator, tell me about the transition just in general. Why are they so darn tough? Well, my definition of transition, it's an event like retirement or a non-event like not getting what you would plan, not getting the retirement you would plan, not being able to afford the new house, not being able to afford to retire. So it's an event or a non-event that changes your life. And I have four things that it can change. It can change your role, worker to non-worker. It can change your relationships. Clearly, there are many, many changes. Uh, With every move, there are changes. Your neighbors change. So it can change your relationships. Biggie, it can change your routines. Mm, Big time. Your daily routines. And it can change the way you look at life. So, that's so, so one is role, two is relationship, three is routine, and four is kind of your what? What would you call number four? Your outlook. Your outlook. Your 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 assumptions about the world. That there will be loyalty between you and your employer. That your marriage will last. Your assumptions, and then suddenly things change. Now, even if it's a good transition, when these things change. Um, it, it, it can be very disrupting. There was a writer, and her name, I have her name in my book, but I don't remember it, from, on the Wall Street Journal, and she wrote an article about how they changed her office. It wasn't a bad change, but it so disrupted her routines. She really, uh, it took her a while to get back to feeling okay. Yeah. So think of a Geiger counter. So let's say you're going through three or four transitions simultaneously, but some are bigger than others. You're you're promoted, but the promotion moves you to another city. That's much bigger than just being an acting director. So each change is different. So you you can evaluate how much has this transition changed everything? roles, relationships, routines, assumptions. If it's changed everything, even if it's good, I'm gonna have some some quakey times. So it's Quake, you just said quakey times. So just un, yeah, un unsettled, uneasy. Yeah. I've never said that before. I mean it just came out. <laughs> I like that. Quakey, yeah. You're just a little it's you're not you're not on solid footing. And yeah. and look, I it's interesting you say that. I, I remember moving into a new house a year and a half ago or two years ago, and just remember just being able to get, let's say, normal work done, like sitting down to write. It's like, wait a minute, I this is new. I don't feel like I for some reason I can't get anything done. Like, why can't I get anything done? You just explain why, because I I guess it, it now I, I guess it had some combination of my role or my relationship or my maybe it was routine is probably the the one in the list that that got me there. My routine changed. So it's like I'm looking around, where's my laptop? Oh, my laptop died because I didn't plug it in. I can't find the new outlet, right? It's so it's one any of those four things or all of those four. Right. So that can give you a clue as to why at the moment you're having trouble. And to quickly go through it, because I don't think you want the whole time on transitions. So you will look at the degree to which it changes your life. Then you look at your resources for coping. 
And that's what I call the forest system. And that makes the forest, the forest system, the forest system and your resources for coping, your support system, your attitude, all of the things that enable you to cope more effectively. So you have the degree to which the transition changes your life, your resources for coping with it. And the other thing, and probably a most important thing is the process. I'll tell what, you. Yeah. So tell me about the process. Let me, let me just go back to and ask you one more question. So you've got your, your, all these changes transition, then you have the resources for coping, right? Right. The, the, I, I, you, you broke up for just like, did you say forest in there or, did, or, did, or did, were you saying? Uh, your strat, your coping strategy. Some people are better copers than other, uh, others. Your support systems. Support system. Yeah. I'm sorry. Support system. Right. Okay. Your situation at the time. If you just moved into the big house and somebody in your family gets critically ill, that changes everything for the moment. It mm-hmm. really does. So you have to look. Is your situation at a good time when you're making the transition? Are your supports in line? What about your coping strategies? So you look at your resources for coping. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. You won't believe what I'm going to tell you. When I was much younger, I would say I was in my 30s. I I was uh, going with a very nice man, and he jilted me. I'll never forget it. He came over to my apartment and told me his psychiatrist told him he wasn't ready to get married. So that was the day of the big jilt. Now, if you had interviewed me the day of the big jolt, I would have been devastated. I would have felt, you know, a lot of horrible things. It turned out the big jolt was the best thing that ever happened to me because here I am 70 years or how many years later laughing about it. So you can never judge anything at the time of the transition. Mm-hmm. It's a process over time. And... Um, we did a study of men at NASA Space Flight Center in the 80s when they had a RIF reduction in force. Mm-hmm. The day of the RIF, my colleague and I interviewed everyone whose job was eliminated. They were devastated. Mm-hmm. They said things like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It's worse than a diagnosis of cancer. Wow. Yes. We followed them up six months later. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the truth, what I assumed they would even be more miserable six months later. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They said things like, if I can handle this, I can handle anything. Ooh, so they built resiliency. And NASA helped them. This was the Goddard plant near Maryland. So we had a contract with them. Uh, the Goddard uh, people put everyone whose job was eliminated, connected that person to someone in HR. So you were connected until you found something else. Now, most organizations don't have the money to do that, don't have the inclination. But because they did that, we were able to test it out and see six months later how different the reactions were. So... When we're talking about any transition, you're talking at one point in time. And the way you react at that point in time isn't the way you're going to react six months or a year later or five years. As I say, the big joke was great because I met my husband the next weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy wastes no time. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's true. In this instance, we... One week later, so it would have been if you hadn't, if it hadn't, the jolt hadn't happened, you may not have gone out on the date, right? Right, right. yeah. And I wouldn't but be the, sitting here today, wow, because my husband he's been dead for a while, but he was my great support. Uh, so anyhow, you just never know, and that's one of the things you have to help people understand. Okay, it's miserable now, you're very discombobulated. But, and there's a lot of grieving that goes into it. 
But life isn't over. Life isn't the way you feel at this moment forever. So those are the three parts of the transition model that uh, are important to, to think about. Wait, just, just give me a quick recap of those three things of the transition model. The degree to which this particular transition changes your life. Mm-hmm. Is it a biggie or a little one? Is it all four things or just one? The degree to which you have a support, your supports in order. Your situation is not at a terrible time. Your support system is good. Um, your coping strategies. If you are a good coper, that is, you use lots of strategies flexibly. If you, if, if you have a, a framework for coping that works for you, that's going to make a big difference. So you look at your four S's, your resources that you need. And they're not just coping resources, your support system and so forth. So you look at that and then you look at the transition process, where you are in the transition. Where are you? Is this, are you just thinking about retirement? Is this just a little thought? Are you starting to really explore it with financial planners? Uh, Where are you? And now this is three years after retirement. Where are you? It's not over at any time. So when you say retire sooner, sooner than what? Uh, it's, it's, it's a process. It's a process. And the actions are going to change. And you've got to be prepared for some of these changes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I want to get to your six different kind of financial archetypes, if you will, or financial, but I, I'm just too interested to hear your message on coping. Can you give us the cliff notes on that? Something happens that is unsettling. So you can ask yourself, is this a terrible thing? And then you ask yourself, do I have the resources to handle it? Mm-hmm. And if I don't, what do I need to do? to cope more effectively. So for example, if it is that, if it's that I have left work and therefore I have lost a lot of my support system, I had buddies at work and I could talk to my buddies. Now I'm not at work and what am I gonna do? How am I gonna deal with that? So you evaluate Is this good, bad, or or neutral? Do I have the resources to cope with it? And if I don't, what can I do to make it a little better? Mm. Now, I will tell you, and I'm, I'm, we're my colleague and I are practically out of these. I'm not selling this (laughs) when I tell you that we developed something a self-scoring instrument on the transition guide and where we went help people can actually go through their transition and rate them and end up with a little chart of where their deficits are and where their strengths are and what they can do about it. When I say I don't even want to talk about it because we're about to close this business, which has been going on for years, but now I think the time, it, what's happened, it was a paper pencil, the transition guide. And it, I thought it was terrific. Then we had to go into internet stuff. And it's just more complicated now. So mm. I don't know whether we're going to keep at it or not. But what it yeah, does. So, you, so it, it, was a, it was an old school paper and pencil test. And now, and now you, gotta, you have to digitize it if you want to keep it around. Yeah, okay. It becomes a whole thing. But at any rate, there really is a way you can sort of say, well, this is, this is where I am. And 
what can I do uh, about it? But let's so let's go into these. I'm, I'm so always so fascinated. I think that the, the happiest retirees are the most curious ones, right? They're they're like insatiably wanting to learn and do new things. And I've had I've had a fun a couple different fun interviews about um, Tom Vanderbilt was one of the with the one of the authors that I have had on the show who talked about this constant learning and his daughter learned chess when he was she was little and she was like four and he was a grown up and. Grownups think, oh, I can't learn something new. I got to be great at it. Well, I need to, if I'm going to play golf, I got to be like Tiger Woods or if I'm going to be. So we tend not to do new things when we grow up. We think of the new things for little kids. So the, the Tom Vanderbilt interview that we've done on, on Retire Sooner, I think is a really good way of saying, look, it's not, you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to be Carrie Underwood if you're going to start singing. You don't have to be a grandmaster if you're going to do chess. You don't have to be Lance Armstrong if you're going to pick up a bike. You just have to go do something and you might love it. What are the, the, the kinds of retirees, your six kinds? Let's go into those. Okay. Um, there's the continuum. And I'm a continuum. I mean, I retired technically in 2000 or 1998. And up until this past year, I have been very involved in my work. And the reason, by the way, I'm not as involved this year is that I had the vaccination. And three months later, I got COVID and was in the hospital. So oh, I am wow. just recovering from COVID, mm. which has cut uh, into my professional activities. But even during the pandemic, I was helping organizations set up Zoom meetings on, uh, for example, uh, judges in the state of Massachusetts wanted a retirement program because they're required to retire. I helped them set it up and I helped them do it on Zoom. So I was doing a lot of Zoom work mm -hmm. before the virus <laughs> tried to kill me. Um, <laughs> good luck good luck virus for you with nancy's <laughs> they didn't they didn't get away with it um so i'm a continuer that, okay. i don't work the way i did i don't do exactly the same things but i'm in the same field and, and let me just ask you none of these are right or wrong is that correct? They're all just different ways to, to kind of identify yourself so that you're kind of hope so that you understand who you are right. and feel at ease and comfortable with it. Hey, this is the kind of retiree I am. But more important, the paths help you know you're not stuck. You've retired and you're trying different things and you're not stuck. As long as you live, you can sort of integrate new paths into your life. So. The, the second path let's talk about is the searcher. And always, we are searchers. When, uh, when I retired, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? Uh, how, what am I going to do with my life? I'm supposed to be an expert and I'm fumbling around. So I began you begin searching. And then a few years ago, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm now... I'm now in the old, old group. You can't get a whole lot older than I am. And so now what am I going to do? So with each time that there's a, a change, I have to uh, figure out what's next. And now that I'm recovering from the virus and I'm not going to be traveling so much, now what's next? I'm, I'm searching. You'll have to help me, Wes. <laughs> I'll help you. I'll help you. I don't know what you want to do now when I grow up. So it's a constant, the searcher mode. So now, you can always, so searcher mode is always something that you, you can downshift back into or re go back into right. when the, when one of the phases or your kind of retiree kind of changes. So if you were a continuer and no longer going to do the job, then you go back to searcher. Right. Then we go, what's next? I think I like adventure. Tell me about adventurer. Oh, I'll tell you about this wonderful guy. So I interviewed him. He would work. He headed up a project for Congress, a research project. He had a lot of people working with him. He was a guy with a suit and a tie and a good looking briefcase. 
And suddenly Congress cut the funding. Mm. He's in his late 50s, early 60s. What does he do? And he really didn't know what to do. He had always sailed. And he went on a sailing trip by himself. And he remembered, first of all, his wife, one of his wife died, had died. And what helped him during that period, he remembered, was going to a massage therapist. And suddenly it occurred to him that that's what he'd like to do. He'd like to become a massage therapist. Well, that doesn't quite fit with the image of the guy in the suit, the briefcase. Right. <laughs> but he was now remarried with children. He came home from the sailing trip announcing to his wife that that's what he was going to do. <laughs> what, did the wife say? what did the wife say? <laughs> well, I'll, you'll, you'll get the story in a minute. So he, he, became, he was a lovely man, unfortunately died. Um, but he got very involved in massage therapy. His wife wrote me, and I think I wrote about him in Retire Smart, Retire Happy. And his wife wrote me a letter saying that she could not read the book at first because she knew I had written about him. But now as she thinks back, she is so proud that her husband could find what really made sense to him and helped him and he helped other people. And she was so, so proud of him. So that's what happened eventually. So an adventurer though, is somebody who is doing something different. Uh, a lot of house husbands and housewives, when their kids leave and they're no longer focused on, on their home and kid, child rearing, some do something like become docents from for museums. It's not what you do. It's that you're doing, you're adventuring into new territory. You're doing something really new. Yeah, I like that. I, I feel like that is a that's a huge piece of the equation. I like the adventurer who is trying something totally new. It's not necessarily going on an adventure. You don't have to go to Croatia right. for a trip. It's about doing something new. It's, it's for you, something new. And that revitalizes people. That mm. really turns, I mean, that really is exciting when that happens. Then what's, what's the next one? So let's go easy glider. Okay. I envy the easy glider because it's the opposite of me. But the easy glider gets up in the morning with no agenda. Let the day unfold. Maybe I'll babysit. Maybe I'll go to a movie. Maybe I'll call a friend. You're just sort of relaxed. And you're cool with it. And you're right. Very, I, I actually, there's not a ton of those that I know. I don't but know. my father-in-law is actually that. He's an engineer, worked for two big manufacturing companies for 30, 40 years, and then retired. And the day he, his first day he woke up, he just said no alarm clock and never went back and just it just has zero agenda and just always has this project, that project. He sails, they travel, RV down to Florida, housing projects, but but building a deck, building the, just but no agenda at any given time. And he's he's an easy glider. That's what and he is. To me, that's wonderful. I'm the opposite. I need a project. I need some structure. I need, uh, but the easy gliders, the very few that I've known are very happy. Yeah. And so that's one. I think you, um, and, and that is your, you either are an easy glider or you're not. That's not something you can just learn. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think that's my next uh, career. Okay. So let's go to the next one. Let's go to the involved spectator. Okay, now those are all around. Um, you're, you, you ran an art museum. You were a curator. You were a director. Then you retire. You're not going to continue in that field, but you're involved in art. Mm -hmm. You were a lobbyist, and that comes to an end. You're not going to be a lobbyist 
when you don't have a, a power face. So, you, but you're still involved in the news and what's going on. And you're, you know, a news junkie. So when I was talking about this once, a woman said, now I know what to put on my card. Involved spectator. <laughs> you're involved in the... It, it, but Tangentially from what you loved before. But you're a spectator rather than in the midst of it doing something. And um, that's okay. That's a good type of, you, those are, ha it's a happy group. Yeah. Now what's next? The retreater, uh, the retreater. And there are two kinds of retreaters. The one that is negative is the person who becomes a couch potato and doesn't move off the couch and gets depressed. Mm. And I think we all know uh, people like that. And I have a nice story about how a, a man who owned a cleaning and uh, a cleaning um, uh, shop, you know, a cleaner, a nice man retired and sat around, got more and more depressed until his son came in and remembered that he had loved baseball and he got his father to join a senior baseball group. And that changed his life. No kidding. Well, that's a good, well, I think that's important because I do see there's an article in the wall street journal a couple of years ago called the, the case against early retirement. And I immediately was up in arms. I, hey, wait a minute. My book is about early retirement. And it was really one of the, they just, they had a lot of statistics about just how hard and difficult retirement can be. And a lot of these, a lot of people do end up couch potato, too much TV, too much, Drinking too much, smoking too much TV, too much everything that's unhealthy, and they're just and they are because they don't have a purpose. I call them core pursuits in in my work. Yeah. Core pursuits are hobbies on steroids that you have a real passion and almost a a meaning with. But so one, so you have a, this story, this couch potato kind of did come out of it because with, the, with um, a new core pursuit. Yeah. Now the other kind of 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 person who's a retreater is sometimes you need a moratorium. You, you need time out mm. and you take time out and you're, you just deal, you, you don't rush into anything. And it's, it's a time limited path. It's not a path forever because if it becomes forever, then you become a depressed retreater. But what I want to share is that Everybody who's retreating isn't depressed and miserable. Sometimes you just need time out. Mm -hmm. So it's not a terrible thing that you say for three months, I'm really not, I'm going to almost try to be an easy glider for three months. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. So the th thing about the past is that it gives people a sense of hope. Okay. I, I can't continue in my work. My field of work is such that it doesn't lend to continuing. So it can't be a continuer. But maybe uh, let me search and let me look and try to find things that I've regretted that I didn't do. Let me try to find something that excites me. Um, so the paths show you that you're not stuck on one path, nor and sometimes you're in a couple of paths at the same time, but it, it's saying, look, it's, it's not work, no work. That's a dichotomy that really, I don't think makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, some people do work, part-time work, you know, they, they ease into things, but there are forever possibilities, no matter what the age, we are seeing people live longer than we ever thought they would live. And what, we don't want to see them just uh, feel useless, mm -hmm. feel as if they no longer matter. So there are all these people, coaches, uh, people who write books to help people find new paths, new visions for themselves. Well, and that's part of what Nancy Schlossberg is helping us do, which is, under, if you understand these paths and, and almost interchangeable periods of retirement, it gives you hope and it gives you promise about the future. And you mentioned uh, longevity. I, one of the, I interviewed uh, Dr. Andrew Steele, who's in the United Kingdom, uh, 
and we talked about just his book, I want to say is, I think it's ageless. And he talked about the, the research around turtles and Galapagos turtles and how some species have negligible senescence. So they almost don't really age, which is a fascinating topic, but he's looking at aging almost as a, uh, some scientists look at aging almost as a, something you can cure. Now we're not gonna live to 200, but does it extend life five years or 10 years or 20 years? And the answer is likely yes, over the next couple of decades. And if we have more and more time, and maybe you're part of this, I mean, you're young and healthy and you're in your nineties for goodness sakes. And you're a good example of, there is a lot of time to plan for. And I like the thought that these six areas or archetypes, if you will, allow you to kind of go in and out to give you hope and promise about the future, which I, I love that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You got a lot of my career has been studying the habits of happy and unhappy retirees. What would you say if you were to boil all of any of these six when you're no longer really working? What, what do you see that it kind of makes people as at their happiest, the number one thread of the happy retiree, if you will? Well, I have a friend, um, which is good that I have friends. <laughs> and- <laughs> I was going to say, I like that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and that in itself is good. <laughs> And he is amazing. He's um, in his late 80s. He is so big. He also got the virus. And we, we got it at the same time. Wow. I'm sicker, so I went to the hospital. Hey, what were you guys doing when you got the virus? We were just having dinner with people. We weren't, doing, yeah. we weren't going to restaurants. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. We both got it. He got quarantined in his apartment. I was in the hospital three weeks. He was quarantined three weeks. Now, he I would have lost my mind being quarantined, not even allowed to open your door and take your garbage out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you, it wouldn't have been good for me. Mm-hmm. It was better to be in the hospital because miserable as I was, there was action. There were people. But he was so productive during that period because he is an artist. And so he was able to do all kinds of projects um, during this period. In fact, came up with an artistic I don't know, sculpture that I think represents what happens to people in the pandemic. He motorized stick figures mm-hmm. and he called it longing to touch. Mm-hmm. And they moved around these, these, they were motorized, but they never could touch. Ah, they, wow. That sounds cool. Oh, really was. And I watched, well, I, I, I saw the production and how he, he can be alone for hours because he's got this passion uh, and he's creative. Now, most of us, are, I'm not that creative. I, I would have gone, I really wouldn't have been a happy camper. <laughs> so I, I know I'm somewhere in between you, you and your friend, Nancy. I, I don't know if I could do three weeks and still be happy, but I could do a couple of days maybe. <laughs> but anyway, a happy, re- uh, a happy retiree. I think the title of the book, uh, Revitalizing Retirement, Reshaping Your Identity, Relationships, and Purpose. If you are comfortable with your new identity that incorporates what you've done and who you are now, if you are comfortable with that, if you have meaningful relationships, which is probably the most critical thing, and if you have a sense of purpose, then you're going to be happy. 
If, on the other hand, you feel irrelevant, you feel sidelined, you feel nobody's interested in what you have to say or do, and you don't even know who you are anymore, and if you no longer have somebody, a spouse, a partner, uh, a best friend, if, if, those, if those relationships have gone, and you don't have really somebody that you can really share your world with, you're not happy. And if you don't have any purpose, uh, and that there's no better purpose, one purpose isn't better than another, just having a purpose. Is the key. Yeah, that's what makes a difference. Well, at age 92, people still want to hear from you, by the way. So <laughs> you're not sidelined at 92, and you're still going. And I... Here, here's my last question for you is that, uh, Nancy, what are, I, I guess I call these core pursuits, which are hobbies on steroids, similar to what purpose in life. Some of these can be your actual life purpose. Some of them are just heavy activities you love that you can really dedicate yourself to. I call it, again, hobbies on steroids. Happy retirees have almost four, 3.6 of them on average. Unhappy group has less than two. My question to you, what, what's your, what's your favorite, favorite thing right now? Or your top one or two core pursuits in your life? Well, I have to tell you that, uh, uh, I didn't know it when I was in the hospital and I've never really thought much about mortality, but the doctors told my son that I was going to die that week. That was in April. Mm -hmm. We're now in July. So I have to tell you that one of my pursuits is getting better. Mm -hmm. I, uh, and so I'm very involved with physical therapy, with exercise, beginning to, to, to be involved. I mean, I've never focused on myself before. Mm -hmm. My health has been there. I've uh, always exercised. I eat well. So health has never been an issue for me. And I don't have any horrible diseases. So for the first time, really taking account of, of myself. And then I'm into fun right now. I'm into fun. I like, you know what? That is not a corporate we've ever listed. We need to do that fun. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I'm going on, if I get better, I mean, I am better, but if I get, I'm, my goal is to get stronger. I'm chairing a committee in Washington and I want to get to the meetings in October. Mm -hmm. That will be fun, but it's sort of work related. And then I'm going on a Windstar cruise. Oh, those are, those are nice. Where, where a one in Europe or where? So, um, just a short one starting in Panama and then going to Costa Rica. Now you seem pretty healthy though. I mean, you, you're back to, okay. are you, you just, you, are you, so, but again, you got out of the hospital in April, so it's been several months. I got out in May, but if you've read anything about COVID, there are people, it's the long version I seem to have. It mm -hmm. just, I don't have the COVID in, in me anymore, but you're, you're pretty tired a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm looking forward to the cruise, to going to Washington, I really want to have fun. Now, what yeah. else I'm going to do for fun? I ha I don't know yet. I'm just sort of uh, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Maybe that's closer to being an easy glider, um, or I'm adventuring into fun. But I never. I mean, if you had interviewed me a year ago, I would have been telling you about all these wonderful things I was doing with different groups. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how they got to me. But it was such fun. Well, that was fun, but that was work fun. Mm -hmm. I want fun, fun. <laughs> fun, fun is the new core pursuit for Nancy Schlossberg. And I think that I can see, I think a lot, I see a lot of parties in your, in your near future. The I cruise think. is going to be fun. Parties are going to be fun. You're going to be the social director for the next year. I like it. Thank you. You've got it. I've got my new label. Well, if you are in Sarasota, well, next time I'm down in, uh, one of my business partners is down in Longboat Key, and we have an office in Sarasota. 
So I'm 10 minutes from Longboat. Well, I know you're near LBK. So I'm going to come down. I'm going to come party with you. Oh, uh, now I'm taking, I'm going to write that down. Okay. (laughs) Wes Moss is coming down, down to Florida. Oh, we'll have fun. Yeah, that's cool. Well, listen, you are so wonderful to do this. And I do like that your next phase is going to be more fun, fun, but they're going to also be asking you to do things on TV and radio and podcasts. So just keep doing these too, right? Obviously you're going to keep doing these. Your message is is so important because there's just not that many people that have the right kind of helpful insights. Again, 10,000 people a day retire in America. So it's, we need the help. And so thank you for doing that and being part of that. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm so glad I met you. I'm, uh, I really am. I think you're so energetic and fun and relaxed. So many people are stiff. You have to have fun. You yeah, know, well, well, thank you. Speech. Thank you. One day yeah. and somebody's cell phone uh, was in a live speech. Somebody's cell phone went off. And I went over to the person. I said, I am so glad you have friends. <laughs> <laughs> that just relaxed everybody. <laughs> and you've got that kind of personality. You, you have to go with the flow. And a bump, something that distracts and that you would have thought is negative when you're doing a podcast, you can turn around and, and it relaxes the audience. So anyway, I think you have to have I always had fun as a teacher and as a speaker because uh, you're a performer, but you're enter- and you're entertaining, and you're yeah, education and entertainment kind of all at the same time. And you know, it is fun. It really is fun. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being on your show. Well, how wonderful is Nancy, age ninety-two, still going strong? I love that she's in her fun, fun phase. You can find her at transitionsthroughlife.com. And you can find our team, the Retire Sooner podcast team. We have offices in Georgia, Florida, Colorado, Texas. But more importantly, you can just reach out and find us online at wesmoss.com. Contact button, upper right-hand corner. Those emails come straight to me and the team. Again, wesmoss.com. And thank you so much for listening. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information information.